Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail, and today I have a really special guest. Her name is Anna Holden. She is a chemical engineer turned Florida-based elopement photographer and business coach. She recently just quit her hard-earned chemical engineer 9-to-5 job. You are a manager even, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. This is like a celebration for us that she quit the job, but she's also here to motivate and inspire others to quit their careers, just like I quit my veterinary medicine career and And we're going to also talk about how she did it. So welcome to the podcast, Anna. Yay, thanks for having me. I'm so beyond excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I know we have so much good stuff to talk about. We've been working together for... I think two years now and you've come such a long way and I'm like just so excited that you are now leaving your freaking job. So why did you decide that you're going to quit this job? Like where did that thought come from? Because people probably think you're crazy just like they thought I was crazy for quitting my career. So like how did you come up with this idea that you were going to do it? So I have been a chemical engineer for 11 plus years and the first two years of it I actually decided that corporate life was not for me. So I have been for the last seven years trying to figure out how I did it. And for a large chunk of that, I was not doing entrepreneurship. It was kind of like I was trying to do the fire method, which that's a whole nother story, right? Mm -hmm. But once I realized that I could actually do elopement photography and replace my income, I think I saw one of your Facebook ads and I was like, this girl's not for real. Like I can replace my corporate income with like just doing elopement photography, like something that I actually love doing. So then we started working together and I did literally everything that you told me to do and it worked. And it took two years for me to get out of my identity crisis, but I finally did it. So here we are. Yay, that's so exciting. And what, okay, what is this identity crisis? Because I know we've talked about it a lot, but I think the people listening to the podcast need to hear about how difficult it is to kind of give up like you're giving up your title of chemical engineer and that's prestigious like I used to tell people I was a doctor you know and that was like a huge point of pride for me back in the day so like how do you work through that identity crisis well I think identifying the root of it so for the longest time I just loved telling people I was a chemical engineer I felt like there was a certain prestige and respect and importance that came from it. And when someone would ask me what I'd do, I'd get like this weird high from telling people like, oh, I'm a chemical engineer. And the first time that I like realized that I I wouldn't have that title anymore, it kind of freaked me out. Like it was kind of a bummer because I'd spent so much time trying to be that person, like trying to be a manager of a materials and processing uh, engineering team and trying to be like important in my role. But I realized that being important is kind of overrated. I mean, you only get one shot at this life, right? So if I have the opportunity to have time and location freedom, what does a title even matter? 
You know, like, why does it matter if I have this degree? What does this piece of paper even mean? So working through that, it took a lot. I think it took having a support group and seeing people that were doing what I wanted to do, being successful at it, making multiple six figures, doing it and realizing that it's just a piece of paper. It took me probably a solid year of actually like working on my mindset. And I got to say that the first time I actually realized that I was over it was when we were actually in New Mexico for your wedding celebration. And me, Megan, Laura, and Chrissy were all sitting there. And someone from, I don't know whose family was, came up to us and was like, what do you guys do? And Megan was like, we're all elopement photographers. And it was the first time that I actually like felt connected to that title and felt like a satisfaction from it. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And it was definitely like an eye-opening experience. It was like, wow, I just sat here and was happy with that answer. Like I didn't, I didn't have that but because I would normally do, I'm an elopement photographer, but I'm also a chemical engineer because I wanted to validate myself. I wanted to have some sort of level of respect and prestige, which was overrated. Yeah, it's like it's all this stuff that society tells us, right? Like you got to get these advanced degrees and like you are a woman in a male dominated field. I'm sure like engineering has a lot of dudes in it, you know, so I feel like you probably like broke some barriers and that was prideful for you and stuff. And like a photographer does not have any prestige (laughs) to it, you know, like people are like, oh, you're a photographer. That's cute. They don't understand like how hard we worked for this and like the freedom that it gives us and that we're still making good money and we are traveling the world and we're sleeping in in the mornings and we're determining our own schedules and all that kind of stuff, which you get to finally experience because you've been working your butt off. But let's kind of go back and talk about the support group and the support systems you've had because that is key to have people who are doing the thing that you want to do in your life. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I think that there's like a few things that I needed to be able to one, get over the identity crisis I was having, but also to actually do it, like to actually make that jump from a nine to five to entrepreneurship. And the first one, like my husband has always been like my biggest supporter. My family has been surprisingly very like, they've been my big supporters too. I initially thought that telling my family that I was not going to be using my chemical engineering degree was going to be like, why aren't you doing that? But Mm -hmm. everyone's been very on board. And then having the business support group of like you and Laura and Kelsey and Megan and everybody else like in the mastermind, like that has been probably the biggest game changer. Because if I didn't have someone to be held accountable to for actually leaving, yeah, I never would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of gave you a deadline. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, we're, where were we New Mexico and you're like all right so what's your date and I'm like uh uh and then I picked January 15th arbitrarily right mm-hmm. and yeah I knew that if I didn't do it on January 15th it was going to be way worse <laughs> <laughs> if I had to come back and tell you guys oh yeah I didn't do it I'm staying in this job that I've actually been fantasizing about leaving for yeah. like nine years or something yeah And, you know, like, it's crazy because when I actually did it, like, I still kind of struggle, like, if it's been the right decision, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because I still just get so caught up in the emotions of actually leaving. Like, I tell people that it felt like I broke up with my high school boyfriend. That's what it felt like. Yeah, Yeah, it does feel like an ending of a relationship. A toxic one, but still. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
And yeah, just being able to have somebody to lean on that will constantly tell you it's going to be okay. Look at what we're doing and how we've done. Like, it's going to be okay. And that's what I needed. Yeah. And you're going to make it work because you're smarty pants. You know, you've done hard things in the past. You know, you've gone to school, you've gotten a degree, you've worked, you've built your career up to be a manager. Like, why can't you make entrepreneurship work? There's literally no reason why you couldn't unless you stop yourself from doing the actions that will allow you to have success. Like there's just no reason why you wouldn't. So you're working full time and you're able to book $75,000 worth of elopements in Florida while working full time, which is crazy because Florida is for one, not like a big known elopement spot unless you're like just going on the beach, which does not make (laughs) $75,000. You know, a little beach elopement here and there does not book that much worth of elopements. So let's talk about how you're able to work your full-time job and book all these elopements, shoot all these elopements and build your business. Because I know I built my business while working full-time and it's hard. So let's hear how you did it. Yeah, it's been incredibly hard and actually has led to a main contributor of like making my date solidified because I had realized that after all the hard work I had done working full time and doing this and building this business, I had not been the best version of myself in any aspect. I've let my health go, like my relationships are kind of like sliding, like I needed to come back and find myself and who I was. So in doing that, building this business, essentially what I did was every free second that I had, I had to be strategic in how I was building. So I couldn't waste time on the Instagram algorithm. Like I couldn't waste time complaining about all these things. Like I had to make sure that the very few hours that I had in a day were spent with things that were actually going to move the needle. And make you some money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I I can't sit here and worry and doom scroll, like you say, like on this bullshit to be to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would have like a running to-do list, like almost every business owner does, right? And I would look to see what I needed to do that month. So I would have my monthly goals and I would know that like I needed to book this number. These were my my metrics for the month. And like, I kind of like reverse engineered to figure out what I needed to do. So I would strategize with like my blogging and SEO and then kind of use those for my Instagram posts. But I wasn't really worried about Instagram at all. But I would use blogging and SEO as my main source of leads and traction. So almost every single booking I had from 2023 was just from Google and SEO. And figuring out that strategy was key. I mean, in the months of November, December, and January, I probably posted two or three times on my Instagram. And those were my highest selling months. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love to hear that because, I mean, you know me, and I'm about to do an Instagram challenge and all this stuff, but like, I have such a love-hate relationship with Instagram. You don't need to be on it all the time. SEO is where it's at. Like Instagram is part of your marketing strategy. But like, yeah, if you have good content on your Instagram and you're mostly people are finding you on Google, they can go to your Instagram and binge all your content and learn a lot about you and still book you when you haven't posted in months. I have not posted on my Hazel and Lace in months and still I'm getting inquiries and bookings. And that's the way to do it when you have 
limited time or yeah, you just don't want to end up on an app doom scrolling for hours a day. You want to rest or read or work out or hang out with your husband or whatever. Like there's just so many better things to be doing with your day. And I remember, I feel like it was in New Mexico. You like had a, you're like, I'm going to publish a blog about Key West, I think was it. And then like the next day it was like on the first page of Google or something yeah. like <laughs> so, it's like once you get SEO down, there's just no stopping you, you know, like you just can show up everywhere with Google. And that's where elopement couples are looking for elopement photographers is Google. So I'm so proud of you for doing that. But we should also talk about because you mentioned it because it's really hard to manage your work and your life and being the best version of yourself when you're in the hustle mode of building a business. And that's exactly what you've been through. That's what I had to go through working full time as an ER vet and building my photography business. I mean, I did that for about two years. It's impossible to have work-life balance in that situation, right? (laughs) Like, tell me more about that. Oh my gosh. So the first half of the year, I was just finding every nook and cranny of time I had. So I would pretty much, I would, I work like a nine to 10 hour day. If you include lunch breaks, I would use my lunch break to do some sort of needle moving thing in my business. If that was writing a blog or catching up on my metrics to figure out what I needed to do to strategize, I would do something on my lunch break. And then after work, I would use the two, like, I think it'd be like between five and seven, I would continue to do that. And then I did that every single day for the first half of the year. And then on the weekends, if I had a free weekend, I would spend eight to 10 hours catching on up up on all the stuff I needed to do. If that was planning elopements or editing or anything like that, I relied heavily on outsourcing. So all of my editing that I couldn't get done because I worked a full-time job would be given to my editors, which was like a huge weight off my shoulders because that killed me the year before. But in terms of time blocking, it got to the point where it wasn't sustainable for me to be doing that every single day for six months. So then I kind of pivoted for a little while and it kind of got to the point where my husband was like, you're always on your computer. So I didn't want to be that wife. So I would time block strategically to be working on business stuff Monday and Wednesday and Saturday. And then my free days were Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday. And that helped tremendously for my work-life balance when I felt like I had none. I was able to still give myself some time freedom to be who I was and like hang out with my husband, hang out with my dog and do things that I wanted to do. That was a game changer. I know that it's hard doing that when you have so many like competing priorities, essentially. You have everybody who like wants a piece of you and you're trying to do your best, but you kind of spread yourself thin. So being able to like time block, even like your personal life, it helped tremendously for my sanity until now. Now I can just time block like a normal business owner. Yeah. Oh, you're going to love it so much. Like you've already had so much like practice because time management is a huge skill that entrepreneurs need to have. And you've practiced it and like probably gotten it down to a science. And now you can probably just work a few hours a day and be good. You know, I can't even imagine like my last day isn't until February 16th. And I'm just like thinking about all the things that I'm going to do. And I'm actually kind of worried about 
like one of the reasons that I did this was because I wanted to get my time back. And I'm kind of worried that my ADHD is going to kick in and I'm just going to slip back to where I was before with working 80 hour weeks. So I'm going to like really practice that time blocking and setting boundaries because I don't want to get back to that point. Yeah, definitely practice that and maybe even prioritize doing something for yourself first thing instead of jumping right into work. I mean, I've talked a lot on this podcast that I'm not the best at prioritizing myself. So take that with a grain of salt, because I know (laughs) how hard it can be to like, wake up and not jump right into work when you actually really enjoy work. But yeah, there's like a huge, a huge shift that has to happen. Because there is a period a seasonality of building a business where you have to hustle, and you have to sacrifice things in your life. And it might be your own health and like relationships and stuff like that. And it sucks, but it's really hard to not have that part of the hustle of the of the building. But then you have to shut that off and start enjoying what you built for yourself. And it can be hard to do that. You might just like try to fill that time with other stuff instead of learning how to rest because your body hasn't really rested for such a long time. So I'm sure we will help you through that because it's, it's gonna a be struggle. Great. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the struggle that I've been waiting for. So I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. Exactly. So what was your motivation to keep going despite kind of burning the candle at both ends, so to speak, having that seasonality of hustle almost like two years worth, definitely this past year, like where was the motivation coming from to keep going despite all of this? Oh my gosh, I think it was coming from like all angles. So I mean, my job was very stressful. I was a manager of an engineering department that supported production. So we pretty much worked on a production schedule. And there'd be times I would just come home and like, I wouldn't want to do anything. And I'd just be sitting in the shower. And like, I felt like myself aging just from the stress. And I'm like, this can't be how people live. I can't do this every single day. Like I can't live like this. And I I loved every single one of my coworkers. And like most of our talking would be like almost kind of like trauma bonding. And I'm like, I love these people, but I don't want to sit and talk about how shitty the job is for the rest of my life. Like to think that I spend more time with my coworkers than I do my husband or my friends or my family that or is your doggy or my doggy <laughs> exactly like I mean when we first got her I was like I can't imagine how people like have babies and go to work I felt bad leaving my dog and if I felt bad leaving my dog like when we have kids that's how I'm gonna feel even worse so I felt like I needed to get to a place where I could actually have the time and location freedom and like that's just one part of the motivation like the other part was the PTO felt like a handcuff to the job, right? Like you only get so much. And once you use it, like you run out and you have to stay there. And it was like, I was like, I have so many things that I want to do. Like, I want to go to all these places. And you're telling me I can't because I have eight hours of PTO left from the last time that I went somewhere. And it just felt very stifling. Like, how am I supposed to live this life? The one life that you get not being able to do things because I don't have PTO. Like I felt like that was just such like a, oh, you don't have PTO. Like what a cop out. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like being trapped and like the whole system that we are kind of like pushed into of working these 40 to 50 hour weeks in like what you said, 
you know, you're working 10 hour days because of your lunch break plus commutes. So you don't have much time. You don't you see your coworkers more than your dog and your family and your friends and stuff. What is the point of all of that? It's so crazy to me. And then they don't let you take time off of work, even though your job feels like it is draining the essence or your life force or like is crushing your soul, you know, and they won't let you take time away from it, at least not enough, not nearly enough to make it worth it. And yeah, it's just crazy that so many people stay in those situations. And it is my life goal to help people see the light and be able to travel whenever the F they want and do jobs that they actually enjoy. I just remember like one of my elopements, it was, they were an amazing couple and it was a very sweet elopement. I loved every single moment of it. And afterwards they're like, what's your Venmo? We want to Venmo you a tip. And I was like, okay. And like in my head, I'm thinking like a few hundred bucks, like whatever. They Venmoed me a thousand dollars because of how happy they were. Like they just had like the best experience. And like, I was not expecting that at all. And they were an amazing client. And I'm just like, I felt so appreciated. And then I went back on Monday to my job and you barely get a thank you. It's almost like they're doing you a favor by giving you more work. That's what it's like. Oh yeah. The lack of appreciation is crazy. I remember that exact scenario towards the end when I was getting more and more photography work, I would have this crazy roller coaster of emotions where I would go out into the mountains. This was when I was working as an ER vet in Colorado. I'd go out in the mountains. I'd shoot an amazing elopement with appreciative couples, maybe some family. I'd be paid well. I'd get a tip. I would be just so thankful for life. I'd be driving through the mountains back home and be like, life is so amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the next day I'd go into work as an ER vet and it was just a shit show, clusterfuck, anxiety, awful. And I'd go home and be like, life is awful. What the fuck? You know, like excuse all my swearing, but, and then, you know, I'd do some of those shifts and then I'd go off and shoot another elopement and ride that high. And it was It was so challenging going back and forth between those two worlds. Did you experience that? Oh, yeah. But it really puts in your perspective how your degree doesn't mean shit. I'm reading a book right now. I I forgot the exact title, but it basically talks about like how humans in general are so worried about like the external things, like how we look and our jobs and how much money we make and all these things. And we focus so little on the internal stuff. But if the internal stuff is what like fills your cup and gives you energy and like makes you feel like you're actually living life, who cares about having a cool degree, a cool title? Like that doesn't matter at all. The only person that matters to is the, the people that you're not even trying to like impress, you know? Yeah. And like, and if you learn to listen to yourself, your own like intuition or compass kind of like points you in the right direction to like make your life awesome. But when you're working like, a nine to five job, you learn to stifle that or like push that down and not listen to it and just like ignore who you are as a person and and your needs. And like what gets you excited about living life and stuff, you kind of have to give all that up. And it's really, it's really sad. And like, I'm sure you've noticed now like that, you know, your coworkers are probably like, how did you do this? (laughs) Like, how how are you getting out of this? (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely been like, there's a couple of different types of people. But like, once you leave your job, it's funny how you become kind of like this counselor for people. 
And I have, I've had, I can't even count how many people have come into my office and like, they'll be so happy for me. And then they'll be like, all right, so like, how did you do it? Or like, how can I, how can I make it better? And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, you need to get like a Megan McPhail, but, um, <laughs> but like no one, re- no one wants to do a love photography, but they want to be able to get out of the soul sucking nine to five. They want to feel like valued. And it's, it's just like incredible to me, like how many people have like really come in and like, said all these things like they've talked all these grievances about the the corporate culture and like how they hate it and this and that and I've had people who are even entrepreneurs in their in their life too like separate from photography who are like I just can't get over the identity crisis and I'm like well let me help you because I've been there (laughs) I had one friend she was talking about like I don't know when when to quit and I'm like okay well let's set a date Yeah. Setting a date and having like a vision for yourself is so important, I think. And like, so, okay, let's say somebody does ask you, how did you do it? How would you explain that to them? How did you do it? Like, what other things did you have to do to make this work out for you so that you could quit your job? So I figured that if I had the bookings coming in, I could at least cover myself for six months in case I didn't get any bookings. Because I think last year, there was probably like two or three months that I didn't get any bookings. So I wanted to make sure that like, I was completely covered with my mortgage and my car payment and all those things. So I basically figured out I made like an Excel spreadsheet, and I took all my bank statements and everything that actually comes out of the bank. And I figured out what my number was. And I figured it so it didn't even include my husband's share of the bills. So I was able to save six months of whatever I needed in like, a, I put it in a high yield savings account. So it's like growing interest at the same time. <laughs> and, and then like, once I had that, there really wasn't anything stopping me other than the mental aspect of it. But then like, I was like, all right, well, if I have the six months without making any money, I think I got that maybe in July of last year. I was like, well, let me focus on actually making money. So then I spent the next six months just really honing in on the SEO and building up all of like my bookings and stuff so I could actually pay myself a wage. And while initially I'll probably making about half what I actually make at my normal job, I think that's just right now. I'm going to be able to grow that. So yeah, having the six months buffer was what I needed to be able to at least call that part of my life solid. Like I didn't need to worry because at the end of the day, I didn't want to have to worry about if I was going to pay my mortgage or my car payment or like what's going to happen about like the utility bills. Like I didn't want that to be my concern. The only thing I want to worry about between now and when I do make six figures is how I'm going to make six figures. Yeah. I love that. And I think that is a really smart way to do it is to have that savings account because I do see a lot of people who if they don't have a savings or if they don't have money that they can live off of when they're having like a down month which always happens with entrepreneurship they might start freaking out kind of like going back into scarcity mode taking on jobs that are not a right fit for them aren't their ideal clients maybe even red flag clients they start making kind of some poor decisions so if you have that emergency fund essentially then you don't have to go into things with like falling back into scarcity mode or yeah like taking on jobs that are just things that you should not be doing and you can have more time 
to focus on other pursuits like your business coaching and stuff. Because between elopements and business coaching, you pretty much like you almost at least gross kind of made your old salary, which is really freaking cool. And then yeah, now that you don't have that other job, you have a savings account to fall back on. But now you also have time. And you're smart, you know, and you have a lot of strategies under your belt. So with all of those things, there's no reason why you can't just continue surpassing your old income. And plus, I feel like when you're not working a nine to five, life isn't as expensive, you just have more time to Instead of like, I remember when I was a vet, I had a cleaning lady. I always went to Starbucks every day, (laughs) you know, like I was just constantly spending money just to like try to get a little bit of happiness in my life. Once I quit, I was like, wow, I actually didn't need all that money to like live a good life. It was like I was just trying to like fill a void or something like that. And then I wasn't driving as much. I don't know. It just was like not nearly as as expensive as life was when I was working all the time. But my goal for everybody always is to just keep making more and more and more money. And then your ceiling is just like, there's no end to it. You don't have to fight for a raise. You get to just do these strategies over time and they will just keep bringing, bringing money to you. It's just amazing entrepreneurship. And I'm so excited about that for you. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Yes, which is so cool. And you're going to have more time with your doggy Pepper. You're going to have more time with your hubby who has been so supportive of you. He's definitely like the big, like, I don't know. He He's in the union, right? And they always have this mentality, like a, there's always going to be another opportunity. Like that's yeah. just how the entire organization seems to be. So when I talk to him about money, I'm like, you know, what if, this happens or that happens. He's like, we'll figure it out. It's not the end of the world. He used to job hop. So like he would be out of town working in like South or North Dakota. I forget which one it is for months on end. And then he would go to another job in like Homestead and he would work there for months on end. And it never, like, there's always opportunities out there. So I have to say like, he is definitely my biggest supporter. And I can't imagine if my husband was not supportive of that like I can't that's like a whole nother hurdle that female entrepreneurs have to worry about but Caleb has been freaking awesome and like literally hearing him say just like we'll figure it out has been like another just huge relief yeah it's so true though too like that's entrepreneurship it's problem solving it is figuring things out if your bank account ever does dip or if you start getting money from your savings account out it's like oh dang I don't want this to be happening. I need to get some money in. You know, what can I do to get money in? Like, you just figure it out. And that's the cool thing. Like, you don't ever go homeless and hungry because you're smart. And, you know, (laughs) if the funds start dipping, then you increase your efforts a little bit. So, yeah. So it's really cool that Caleb has been so supportive. And I know sometimes you're like, should I do this? Should I not? And Caleb's like, do it. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's always just like, do it. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah, sure. I've never had my husband be like, no, like I've never, I've never really understood. Like, I mean, I understand the mentality, but my husband has never been the no person. So when I see people like I have to talk to my husband, like when I talk to my husband, it's going to be like, do whatever you want to do. Like, (laughs) and I love that energy. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add about quitting your job? What motivational or inspirational advice could you give people out there? I'm surprisingly on the side of don't just do it. Don't just like do it on a whim. But 
make sure you strategize a little bit. Like make sure you have your finances in order. If find a support group, if you don't have an immediate support group with like in your friends and family, like go out and find like a mastermind or a Facebook group that is like growth mindset oriented, which is like hugely key because not all Facebook groups are. And then just set the date. And when you have the date, you kind of like make sure all those things come into alignment. And then once you have all those things, then just do it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, get the alignment together and like kind of the plan together instead of just winging it. Like you could wing it and it could still work out okay. But I think there's a lot of us out there that do feel better with the plan, with the savings count, all that kind of stuff and strategizing through it. So I love that. Cool. Well, where can people find you for your photography and your business coaching on, on Instagram? Like what are your handles? So my Instagram for my photography is hazography underscore. That's H-A-Z-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y underscore. But I am rebranding. So my new Instagram soon is going to be Anna Holden Photo. And then my coaching Instagram is Anna Holden with three N's. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. This is so fun. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And hopefully this has inspired and motivated some people to pursue their purpose and not hold themselves back just because of a degree or a piece of paper and start living life. Yes. Yeah. We only have this one and like waiting for PTO and <laughs> having to get your raises approved by bosses and stuff. It's just no fun. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you so much for having me, Megan. This is awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so glad. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.